0: LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dromiskin. Call 087-660-40237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets, for all your carpet and wood flooring needs.
1: No time to delay if we're going to save you money on late lunch this afternoon. Don't have to remind you that energy bills are spiralling up, 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 and will continue to do so. My first guest on the show today is going to help us save straight away, right from the point we're on the show now on the air and LMFM radio. He is a sustainability expert, author, speaker, and energy consultant. His business is What Footprint, and I'm delighted to welcome him back to the show. Paul O'Reilly, hello again.
2: Hello, Jerry. How
1: are you? I'm really good. Well, you're on. The, you're on the on the stage now for sure. I've been teeing you up all day, everywhere to say <laughs> you are going to save everybody money, to, and I know you are, Paul. So let's get to this straight away. And if I take you through a few ideas I have, perhaps where you can help us, if that's okay. Certainly. So let's start in the home. Light bulbs. Light bulbs. A lot of people still have the old style bulb, and that should you look at that immediately, Paul.
2: I, I, it's probably one of the first things. In, in theory, it probably should have been done by now because it's kind of an obvious one. Just want just to say about about any of the light bulbs. Um, it's a unit of electricity by time. And uh, just did a calculation, if, remember the old 100-watt bulbs that we had in the mm. past? Not, not too many around, at least they shouldn't be around today. Mm. Today, if you had a 100-watt bulb and you left it in the corner of the house and left it on for the year, it would cost you €350. Euro. For and one bulb? One bulb, one 100-watt bulb. And... I mean, it's, it just shows you the power of time when it comes to energy. We kind of look at a, maybe a microwave oven or a toaster and think it's very a lot of energy in it. But it's only on for a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes. But the little lads that are on for all of the hours of the day are the ones that eat electricity. I mean, just even to give you, you know, a little one watt light that might be on your stereo. Mm. This little red bulb, ignored by most people. That one watt today costs £3.50 a year incredible figures
1: Isn't that amazing to think so all those little uh, lights that are on round the house and that it's best if you're not using them if you're not there just switch them all off simple Absolutely, as
2: that Absolutely yeah. and what people often do even with the new LEDs you might get it down I mean a 100 watt bulb you know, can be replaced with say, a 20 watt bulb but a tw- then they think we have a nice energy efficient bulb but the 20 watt bulb on for all year, which you see happen, you see it outside houses, lights sitting outside mm. them. You see them inside. People put them the on for security, for all sorts of reasons. But there's 8,736 hours in a year, and every one of those hours is multiplied up to give you your bill.
1: There so you go. First
2: thing is light bulbs. Absolutely, reduce them, replace them with LEDs, but
1: turn them off. Yeah. And on bright days, they're not needed at all. Mm. And that's an important point to make because you do see them on. Now, what about the thermostat in a the house? How important is that and what level should you set it at?
2: I mean, ideally, you know, the different, you have different temperatures. Assuming you have different locations. But, I mean, maybe in a, in a sitting room where you're, where you're sitting in the evenings, maybe 20 degrees, 21 degrees is a nice temperature. Um, but the more you reduce it, the more you're going to save energy. But bedrooms and halls and back rooms can have a reduced temperature rating and most radiators will have a little thermostat on them Mm. even if you don't have a grand one and it'll take that radiator down so radiators in halls and back rooms and and in particular bedrooms should be at a lower temperature so not everything should be sitting at 21 Yes, but every time you turn it down a notch you're saving energy
1: Okay, that's important now that is really important the immersion you know the way people knock it on and forget about it oh that's the one thing that drives me mad (laughs) yeah I mean absolutely
2: I think one thing about the immersion is it, sh- it should have a visible switch mm. and there are t- controllers. I mean, the controllers are, you know, for maybe 100 euro, you'd put a controller on it. But again, those those immersions, unlike the electric bulb with 100 watts, they can have 2,000 or 3,000 watt units. So they're very heavy load. They're very heavy energy users. Mm. Admittedly, there's a thermostat on those guys and that thermostat can often be defective. In other words, you don't, need, you don't need your water temperature too much above 60, 70 degrees. But they can all often take it up to near boiling point. Yes. So again, if you have an opportunity to put a thermostat on your hot water cylinder, it should be taken.
1: Now, that's important too as well, because that will save a lot of angst in households for sure. We, we touched on this before. Less time in the shower, ladies and gents. Absolutely, and teenagers. <laughs> yes, please. Because the more you run that as well, you're running up the bills, aren't you, Paul? You
2: are, and um, I mean, just, just a, a young couple from our young t- uh, students from uh, Eden there recently developed a little, a little shower head which had colour coded, and it just went from, after three minutes, it went from green to orange and then from orange to red. So it just told you how long you were in the shower, just on the shower head itself. A very simple device, but something that tells you how long you're in there would just remind you that, you know, three, three minutes to five minutes, plenty of time. But um, anything beyond that, you're doubling and trebling the energy load. Mm. But one other small thing um, for, particularly for any hot water tap or any tap for that matter, is an aerator which can reduce the flow of water through the tap of the shower head by up to 50 percent and greater, which means you are using half of the, half of the heated water and half of the water. While we mightn't be cha- charged for water, we are charged to heat it. Yes. So, um, so if, you can, if you can reduce it, um, the amount coming out of the, the shower head. Absolutely you're saving money.
1: And what is that, Paul, for a, a Luddite when it comes to it? do you fit this on yourself, the aerator, or what do you do?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if it was a simple tap, you just most of them have a little aerator that sits you know, you can just screw it off to, to some things. Yes. You might not even need an client and then put back in a different put it back. You buy them in the hardware stores. Okay. Um, and the shower it's just the shower head itself that'll just screw off and replace it with an energy efficient aerated shower head. Just slightly less water, but it's kind of aerated. It gives the same effect. You feel the same pressure of water, but it's less of it.
1: Now, let's talk about specific appliances, and you mentioned some of them there. Uh, the ones that eat power, I take it fan ovens, hobs, fridges, freezers, they're heavy users? They are, but
2: actually it's the latter two when you
1: say fridges and freezers.
2: Again, you know, it's, the, it's the unit of energy, which is a kilowatt. So, unit of energy is a kilowatt per hour, but the per hour piece often missed so a fridge is on 24 7 every day of the year and a freezer the same so those two guys eat a lot of electricity mm. whereas the um the fan oven might only be turned on for a shorter length of time it okay. might use more power mm. but it wouldn't so it's again it's just re-emphasized the time frame and um fridges and freezers people often have a very old fridge that they're very proud of it's been there for 20 years And um, never given a day's trouble. But they can be very inefficient, Mm. the older ones. And um, often, if you do a calculation on the energy use, you find that it can be replaced uh, within three years at no cost. In other words, if you take the energy saving over three years, uh, it'll be the cost of replacing the fridge.
1: OK, I'm going to come back to that in a second because I just want to mention my fridge freezer, which I looked at before I came out here today and to ask your advice. My freezer is set at minus 18 and my fridge at minus 3. Now, everything feels really cold in the fridge. Should I adjust that?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: I mean, your fridge in,
2: your fridge in the first instance, uh, minus 3 is, 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 is very low temperature. I mean, a lot of the products, you know, the labour would say, might say keep below 4 degrees. Yeah. So... So it might be slightly on the warm side, but but that's what the product will say. So, I mean, a few of the products, even in your freezer, will say what the temperature is. But rarely would you need those, that, that great step. So what would depth. you
1: change it to, Paul? What would you advise me to adjust? I'll have to get the manual out now because I haven't a clue. Go on.
2: Well, I mean, well, for safety, I mean, the fridge shouldn't be any lower than four. Sorry, any lower than zero. Yeah. But it can go up to four, depends. Okay,
1: on zero. I'll go zero there, yeah. And the freezer i
2: suppose i mean any of the minuses but minus 10 will be more than enough okay but again if you some of the products it'll it'll give you a little item on the label and they're usually standard and uh, if you have an idea of what you're storing and how long you're storing it for it should be plenty but the other funny thing about a fridge is the more you have it packed the more efficient it is a half empty fridge strangely is an inefficient fridge really Because you're cooling the air. As soon as you open the door and close it again, that air has come back to room temperature. So the motors are kicking back in again
1: so pack your fridge out is the yeah. message today <laughs> I've been thinking about that one and try to digest it for a moment but come back to that point you made and you're so right there I have a freezer and I can hear people saying in the garage it's there 20 years it's brilliant never give me a day's trouble is it worth looking at older inefficient uh, you, you know freezers, fridges etc
2: No um, I mean basically any of the products today and particularly with, with um, the, the uh, energy labels that are on most products that you buy today I mean all of the inefficient ones have obviously been, been replaced with very very energy efficient and that goes from fridges to freezers to TVs washing machines yes. dishwashers. Mm. and the label which most people don't read and a little you know little symbol of whether it's um, an A rated B C A1 A2 and those 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 figures can be very important and you know if you take the, 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 the in terms of say a washing machine if you go the highest or lowest figures on them the difference in costing can be the price of replace, can be the extra cost paid back over a number of years. So it it pays you to go, you know, in terms of the running life of the machine, to go for the higher energy efficient ones.
1: So that, that, that is a real important point to make because I'd say there are a lot of people in that boat, Paul, that, you know, have had appliances. If you're talking about an appliance like you're talking about there over five years, over 10 years, certainly, by replacing it now with a very efficient one, you are going to save money in the longer term.
2: Absolutely, and I mean it's a hard thing to do because you're throwing out something yes. in terms of recycling and um, and all the other issues that come into into to play. But in terms of pure energy, there's no question about it. Um, mm. the, the the newer models are so much more energy efficient.
1: Mm. Um, Where do you stand with dishwashers, washing machines and dryers, for example, uh, the timing of using them? Are you a man that absolutely says off peak rates, use them then, forget about peak times?
2: It's a good question. Not not everybody has nighttime rates. So, I mean, it's an important thing to make sure that you do have a nighttime rate if you're going to set on your know, dishwashers and your washing machines to come on at night. And um, and if you do, certainly, you, you know, it'll, it'll be usually about, around about half the price. And there are small little devices that just the timers that can be put onto them. They're quite in most hardware stores that will time it to come on um, at at nighttime rates. But it's also, and particularly as we go into the future, mm. um, having... Um, it's something you have to apply to for your your utility supplier to get a nighttime rate and to get the various rates at different times of the day and then to stick with them because okay. what actually happens is your daytime rate goes up slightly to bring your nighttime rate down mm. so if you have a nighttime rate you really have to make sure you're using it
1: okay so you've got to go back to your energy supplier and suss that out first folks and then live within those parameters for using those various machines now uh, this meter. I want you to talk to me about this meter that you sell and the importance of it. Will you explain that one to us, please?
2: Yeah. Well, basically, you know, it's like in my mind, it's like going into your into your bank and getting a statement and to, been told you spent a thousand euros for the month and no idea what you spent it on, and just have to take the bank at their at their word that you spent a thousand euros. I mean, we wouldn't accept it. So, I mean, I, I consider electricity the same. I mean, we're getting our bills of so pretty much uh, over a year, you know, to gone up to about two thousand. The average household. Um, but we've no idea what we're spending it on. And for the sake of a meter, which is a small device, a little uh, energy monitor, it tells you exactly what you're using in the moment. So every item in the house that's using electricity can be can be measured and monitored. Now, you might only need one device to do that if you're, if you're diligent, but it tells you what you're using, evenings and weekends. So, for instance, if you did have a daytime-night-time bill, you can look back from the from this little energy monitor and see how much you used over the, that night and how much you use during the day. Um, at this point in time, we never know until we get the bill at the end of the month, and that's a figure for the month, not, mm-hmm. for, um, not for any particular time. So basically, an energy meter tells you in the moment uh, what you're using. And just from a business perspective, we would often say to businesses, you know, if they have an energy monitor and they're leaving the business at five o'clock in the evening, not coming back till Monday morning, one re- one glance at that meter will tell them what electricity has been used when they're not in the business. And the same really applies to a household. If you can find your minimum energy use, which is probably fridges and maybe a security light or two, that might be 150 watts per per hour. Um, and then you know what that bill is. But everything after that is what you use. So that's your base load, that's your fridges and freezers and, and maybe a, a, an energy light or two. Um, but getting that down to minimum, because that's the, whatever that load is, when you think everything is off, is what, you're, is what you're using on an uh, 8,736 hours of the year. Mm. So the energy meter is the only guy that can tell you that.
1: Okay, and you recommend things. this to every household should have one because it allows you to look at and then manage your energy and, and the spend uh, subsequently. Where do you fit this? Where does it go?
2: Yeah, it's a DIY. There's various ones on the market, but it's a DIY product. And you clamp it onto your incoming mains, um, and then there's a little transmitter that talks to a little monitor, and the monitor then can be carried around the house. And that monitor is now telling you in real time what electricity is being used. It's a fabulous, in my mind, it's a fabulous little device. So as you walk around, so if you walked up to your immersion heater, and you turn it off, and you look at this reading, and let's say it's reading a 1,000, and then you turn it on, and it reads 3,000, well, the difference is 2,000 is what you're... Energy is what your uh, immersion heater is using mm. so you can do that for any appliance in the house stand beside it with the, with the mobile um, energy monitor in your hand and as you turn something on and off it'll tell you what it's using yes. fabulous informa- information essential information I would have thought you know, from, a, from a government's perspective instead of giving everybody back a 100 euro as they did and nobody really thought if they gave everybody, everybody an energy monitor it would have saved money for everybody um, and made people wiser as to what they're using
1: Mm. Oh, and do you have them they're available you, you uh, do these I, I do I have them I have been
2: selling these for the last 10 years mm. and they're, a particular model I sell is an owl and um, I mean I just think they're, um, they're an essential product for every house just because of the information that it gives you Now yes. they can go all the way up to more complex things but these things are I, I call them cheap and cheerful they do exactly what you need yeah. um, not sophisticated but uh, yeah, no. But, uh, the company is My Eco Hub that sells the particular energy monitors. Okay.
1: And can the Your I know your main company is WhatFootprint dot uh, com. The website. Well, is the information there, or do you want people to go another route just if they're interested?
2: Um, yeah, basically for a domestic level, I have my, my Eco Hub, and that's where you'd buy products like um, okay. the energy monitors. Okay. But uh, for it's usually the businesses that use WhatFootprint for yes. For, for so
1: business. myecohub.ie. dot Myecohub.com, dot, dot com, com or com dot ie. You'll get it either in dot com or dot ie. Listen, Paul I, I have more to talk to you about on a macro level. we leave that for another day. Thank you so much. You've been helpful. You have saved us a multitude. The purses are tingling with coins, and they're actually silent with notes too. I have to say, Paul, thanks for for joining me on the show again. Very good, Jerry. Thank you. Take care. yourself. Bye bye. That's Paul O'Reilly there, energy consultant, brilliant man. He is a brilliant, brilliant guy. I know him a while and he has helped so many homes and uh, businesses, small, medium and large as well, to tackle their energy spend. MyEcoHub.com or My MyEcoHub.com or I'm going to get one of them monitors myself because if you don't have the information, well, then how can you act upon it? No need to remind you that today, uh, from a very young age, children face challenges and they're becoming younger and younger all the time and I'm talking about challenges with their mental health. In fact, now as young as 11 years of age, children are reporting difficulties. Isn't that a shocking uh, thing to think about or scenario to try and take in? Anyway, the Little Sunflower programme is something else. I really like it because It aims to help children with their feelings, learn compassion, resilience, understanding and self-esteem from a very young age. And it's just recently been shortlisted in the Teach Primary Awards well-being category. And I ain't surprised to tell me more about it. Well, she's of this parish by times too. She's a very familiar voice on radio and TV and uh, she knows all about Little Sunflower. Sarah Gilbert, welcome to Late Lunch.
3: Good afternoon, Jerry. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Not at all. You're very welcome to the show. Sarah, may I say congratulations first on the shortlisting? And this is fantastic. I really, really like what it does. Would you just give a synopsis to our listeners what Little Sunflower is about?
3: OK, well, it's an early intervention emotional well-being program aimed at children ages 6 to 10 years. And the idea is to teach them life skills from a young age, because as you've mentioned, the average age for mental health issues is 11 and it's getting younger and the pandemic has made that worse. Mm. And teachers are seeing more than ever before uh, problems with children's ability to interact with others and social skills, etc., and anxiety and nervous and fears and worries that were never there before. So Little Sunflower tries and aims to eradicate and alleviate uh, those issues and worries and teach them a life skill that they can take with them and carry with them through life and use it any time they feel the need.
1: So intervention then happens obviously from a young age. At what age is that and how do these interventions happen?
3: Well, what Little Sunflower tries to do is introduce children to these techniques from about the ages of six, seven, because that is about the age of reasoning. Mm. If you um, take children that are younger than that, maybe if you take a toy off them or say something they don't like, that they're quite resilient. They'll pick up, carry on, and forget about it. But once they get to age six and seven, they start to understand that that hurt my feelings, that wasn't nice, and they feel sad. So the idea is to start this from this age so that they can have it and it grows with them. It becomes part of their muscle memory because we everything we do, we have to do it. We don't just do it once. We'll be learning to swim or read or ride a bike or any of those type of things. We don't do it once and then we know it. We have to do it quite a few times and it takes time over a period of time for something to cement itself into our muscle memory. And a uh, little sunflower has been, in schools now for the last year and teachers that have been using it are seeing towards the end of this school year, 21 to 22, the difference in the children, in their emotional resilience, their ability to talk about their feelings, their understanding, their ability to have compassion for others and acceptance of themselves. And that's what we want. We want to develop that and help it grow with them So they get stronger as the years go by.
1: And I've seen those words of praise for the programme myself, and it really is encouraging to see that. And the impact, as you say there, it's made. So in a practical sense, just explain how it works. What do you do?
3: Well, it works at the click of a button. So actually, a number of people in LMFM have helped me with this programme Peter Dunn did sound um, sound effects last year, and we have a new set of stories coming this year. And your very own Fionn is working away on them. Right. <laughs> and if you, actually, did you did you hear the music, the little sunflower music? Mm well fiona O'Brien composed that for me
1: excellent excellent isn't that fantastic but-
3: yes yes a lot of talent you have down there oh <laughs>
1: shall we always for ha- including yourself i have to say as well and i uh, in 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 that uh, uh, lovely praise there thank you so much for it and and it's really appreciated so anyway take me on there take me on as as, as a practical sense you go into a class what you do with the children
3: well, I can go to the class or what happens is now we have it made, major- lockdown actually did me a favor because we I couldn't go to school. So mm. um, due to the enterprise office and grants, etc., we were able to create an animated interactive digital package for the whiteboard. So now little sunflower plays at the click of a button. All the teachers got to do is log in and play cl- uh, cl- uh, press click and off it goes and it's, Self-explanatory, and it stops and starts as it tells you what to do. And that's what teachers like about it, because so many teachers have said to me, we know that we have to do mental health and emotional well-being things with children, but we're not trained in it. We don't know how to do it, and we don't know what to do to do the right thing. So all they've got to do is press play, and off it goes, and it tells you what to do. So along with these stories and the characters, what we're finding is everything in the stories happens in the classroom or the playground on a daily basis and then the the characters are becoming, the children become emotionally invested in those characters because they can see themselves in the characters. So they sit up and they listen more closely when they hear themselves. So we've got Milo Mouse, the very shy child, we've got Lucas Lyon who is very confident, doesn't understand that his confidence um, maybe makes others feel less confident, um, then we've got Toby Tortoise, who is slower, can't do things quite as fast as anybody else. We have Kate Cat and Dina Dog. So Dina Dog's a messy pup, and Kate Cat is sort of the epitome of pedigree perfection. And they feel inferior to each other, so there's kind of a girl dynamic going on there in girl relationships. And the last one then is Mickey Monkey, and it's about talents and it's about showing our talents and having the confidence to show our talents and not be shy about them and to own them. So. There's arts and crafts involved in it, and we have this little growing sunflower. So as the weeks go by and the children complete the tasks, they can add to the sunflower and help it grow by adding in more positivity, more positive words. There's holistic therapies in there, too. So the idea is that the children's emotional growth is mirrored by the growth of the sunflower that they're seeing in the classroom Every day. So there's drama, there's games, there's music, there's song, there's arts and crafts, there's holistic therapies such as EFT, which is a very, very powerful tool. Not that many people know about it, but it's a form of acupressure, a bit like acupuncture, but with no needles. We just use our fingertips. And Teachers are using it now and they're loving it and they're seeing the benefits. And I have worked with a lot of teachers to teach them how to do it and they can see how powerful it is and the benefit that it can bring to them themselves in their own personal life as well as to the children.
1: I love this. I say it again. I really love it. I do indeed. I think it's brilliant. I love your characters and what they portray when you think of the animals themselves. And you said something there that sits with me. Just one example from what you said. The lion the line and the child like the line. Great, and to have that roar and confidence, but that child needs to be aware of themselves and, as you said, the implications for others.
3: Yeah, so there are a lot of... I mean, every teacher that I've spoken to in every school I've been to, they all say, that, yes, we, we have children like that in the class. They don't understand the strength of their personality, which is a great thing, but that strength can then help make other children who like Milo Mouse and that are shy, you know, the Milo Mouses are the children that know the answer, but they don't have Mm. the confidence to put their hand up. So that can actually make them feel less confident. No, it's not done in, in any badness or anything like that. It's just, we're all different. We all have our different skills and our different personalities. And it's understanding those dynamics. So as it's been in the schools now for the last year and teachers are seeing a big difference in the children Uh, and their ability to accept, understand, be more aware of other children, have empathy, compassion, be more aware of their own themselves and their own feelings. Like It's about developing positivity. And one child said to the teacher, but miss, you want me to say nice things about myself. That's very difficult. Now, this was a six-year-old. That's very difficult, miss. I don't say nice things about me. Other people say nice things to me. And she said, I hadn't thought about that before. And it's so true. We don't say good things about ourselves. We wait for somebody else to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And it's to teach these little ones that, you know, yes, I did that. They say I can own those positive feelings. I can do this. And for somebody else to say, you know, you did that very well. So they're building confidence. They're also giving um sense of self-esteem but they're also having the confidence to pass it on and say to somebody else no you you know you're you're great you did that so well so it goes it goes both ways
1: Mm. I was that mouse at one stage. You mightn't think it, Sarah. I was back in primary school. (laughs) And people laugh when I say that. They say they dismiss me. But honestly, I was so quiet when, and and like that, I would know the answer, but not put my head above the parapet. And that is a fact. Now it's changed quite a bit since then, as you know. But anyway, uh, thank God it has. But uh, you know what you say there, the words, you know, they mean a lot, I'd say, to many people listening today when they think about their children. So you don't have to go now at all this can uh, go into the school. Chil- do, do teachers need training to to do the uh, Little Sunflower programme?
3: Oh, well, um, very, very short training. But yeah. Once they see it, it's very self-explanatory. I have been going to schools and showing teachers how to use it, but also I'm just completing a webinar. So that will help teachers to That will be up on the website very soon, and then people will be able to look at that and see how it works and if they think it will be of benefit to their classroom. So it's, yes, it's aimed at children ages six to 10. So the idea is to have these skills in place, in their muscle memory, something you can call on by the time they're age 11. So when they're going on to secondary school, and they're facing greater hurdles, that they can sit back and say, you know, I have, I, I can do this. I have the strength and the resilience inside of me to know that I can do this. And that's what we need. We want them to grow up well-rounded, well-balanced adults. And we want to get rid of these mental health issues, you know. Can I say
1: this? Mm. The Little Sunflower programme should be in every primary school in Ireland.
3: Well, that's my aim. <laughs> I want to see all children benefiting from it, and they do love it. Mm. Uh, all the teachers that, in the school that it's in, they tell me the children absolutely love the characters. They, they can see themselves. I say they see themselves in them and they learn a lot from just listening. The, the, the quieter ones are actually learning an awful lot because they're kind of just sitting mm. back and going, "No, yeah, I get that. That's me. So, well, my aim is to get it out there to as many schools as possible doing
1: my best. (laughs) Well, I hope today gives a a little nudge on for you. And if I were the Department of Education, I'd be talking to you and I'd be (laughs) seriously engaging. And, uh, you know, I know you're doing this yourself and making the approaches, etc. And word of mouth helps you as well where other schools and that come back to you. But I think there is a real case here for every school. I really mean that. I love it, Sarah. It's just fantastic. I congratulate you on it. I think it just does what is needed at this time at these these challenging times and they'll they'll continue to become more challenging for children as time goes along and this needs to be built in all of our children and what a difference this will make through education and into adult life it's simply brilliant may i say brilliant i wish you. you well with it if anybody listening today it rings a bell with a teacher or somebody associated with a school what's the easiest way to get in touch with you or find out more
3: well they can they can get all my contact details on the website so that's little anybody can and they on the contact page my phone number my email etc everything is there or they can get me through little sunflower88 on facebook as well brilliant
1: lovely to talk to you again familiar voice, as i said uh, across the uh, media in this country as well and you're onto something brilliant i really mean that little sunflower.ie folks thank you for joining me sarah
3: Thank you, Jerry. Thank you for having me. Not Great to talk
1: to you. You too. Okay. Take care of yourself. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's uh, Sarah Gilbert there. It's terrific. It's terrific. I really mean that. She's talented. She always was, always will be, and she's on to something special. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. I want to say hello this afternoon to one of our... Biggest fans on Late Lunch. She never misses every day. I know this. A little birdie has told me. I want to say a big hello this afternoon. And thanks for listening to Bridie Holland from Balrothery, just outside Balbriggan. Ah, Bridie, it's great to hear that you're with us each afternoon and you never miss. And I really do hope you're tuned in and listening today because all your friends and family love you and they know how much you're a fan of LMFM Radio and especially the late lunch. I was told that you never miss, as I said again. uh, And I want to wish you well, happiness and health always. And play a little song. Yes, because to all your friends and family, you are this for sure. Yes, Bridie. (laughs) My next guest is a multi-talented man. He's a senior counsel. He's a writer of four books, I think, at this stage. He dabbles at poetry, short stories... And he's handed me here the most beautiful CD because he's now produced his own CD with his own songs on it. It's called Raised on Spaghetti, and I'm delighted to welcome him back to Late Lunch because he reminded me he was here a few years ago with one of his books, Connor Bowman. Great to see you again.
4: Great to see you, Jerry. Thank
1: Thanks for you. coming back to me on the show. Do you know my head's gone soft with this COVID and nobody here? And when were people here? You know what I mean? Yeah, Which yeah. book was it we talked he about? It was Horace Winter says goodbye. It was. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was that book indeed. Thanks for coming back to us on the show. And I want to say this uh, from the beginning here. Lizzie is with me uh, this week and I was saying to her, uh, we were running through the running order and she said to me, has uh, Connor Bowman got a-, a phone number? I says he has. Will he give it to me? I said will be no use because he won't be bringing it with him. He doesn't have a mobile phone.
4: No, I don't, no.
1: You still don't?
4: Absolutely not, no.
1: And... You know, for people listening today, they're falling off chairs in horror saying, how does that man function?
4: Every Absolutely fine. If I, anybody owes me money, I find them. If I owe somebody money, they find me. <laughs> um, no, I just, I, I, I went to get laser treatment on my eyes a couple of years ago uh, in the matter hospital, you know, and I came out to get a train home to Dunboyne. And I remember stepping onto the train and I remember the thought as I stepped onto the train, I hadn't been on the train for 20 years, I thought to myself, oh, they must be making an ad for mobile phones because everybody in the carriage is on a phone and i looked around for camera and then i my my daughter said to me no that's just the way it is everybody has a phone except
1: you and it's an awful thing you know you know what i'm talking about when you used to say hello to somebody not impose yourself on them have a chat that that's gone yeah yeah they're talking to somebody else who is somewhere else mm-hmm. or checking up something I think it's a bit of a loss, but that's the way of the world. Anyway, well done to you for avoiding it, and obviously at this stage you're going to stay away from it for sure. Tell me about this album, Raised on Spaghetti. Um, where did that name come come from? So one of the songs is called Raised on Spaghetti,
4: one of the songs on it. Um, and I started right. I've always written songs, you know, since I was a kid, and with little or no success. Although I did have a song long listed for a Celine Dion project about four years ago to a thing online called Taxi, but it didn't make the final session. But a guy, an English producer, a guy called Rick Wake. I've had a couple of my songs recorded by a guy called Ian Smith. He's a singer-songwriter, not the former ruler of Rhodesia. And um, then over the lockdown, I found myself writing songs with a guy in Melbourne. Over the Over the lockdown, I met this guy over this website called Songwriter Link. And a lot of the songs that we wrote, I was just sending him lyrics and he'd I'd wake up the following day and he'd send me back a song. He'd have put a melody to it. And uh, a lot of them turned out to be quite quirky. So I thought, I wonder, is there a market for it? <clears throat> so there's a category in the Grammys called comedy music. So I Googled all the nominees for the last 20 years and then tried to find out what labels they're on. And so I, I reached out to a couple of labels. And this label in Los Angeles called Comedy Dynamics came back with about two weeks after I sent them the songs and said, do you want to
1: do an album? It's brilliantly produced, may I say.
4: Thanks ever so much, and that's nothing to do with me. Uh, that's the <laughs> producer, a guy called Ollie Hennessy, who's done a great job at it, yeah?
1: Ollie's down Carlow Carlo, isn't? yeah, in yeah. Fenna. Yeah. Well known. Yeah, yeah he's well known. a great guy. Oh, it's, I have to say, you know, when you talk about something that's to be proud of, you can be proud of this, really, and, and the songs as well. Tell us about you and music. What do you play? What's your background? Where did that start?
4: Uh, well, when I left school, I wanted to be a pop singer, and my old man said absolutely not, so I wound up becoming a lawyer. Uh, and uh, <laughs> but I've always written songs that, uh, I, my mum was a piano play, a piano teacher and I gave up learning the piano when I was about 12 and she said she'll regret it and I said no I won't and of course I did um, so I took up the guitar when I was about 15 I thought I have to have a go at something that to to be able to sing and play with uh, and then I started writing my own songs when I was about 16, 17 so I've been writing songs since I was a kid
1: music is a gift oh that's it's
4: incredible it's incredible like, I don't know where it comes from and it's just you sit down and you know the thing comes from somewhere else I mean it really does it's incredible
1: and there's a lesson in what uh, you say to me Connor. for other children stick with it you know if you start an instrument stick with it you never know yeah
4: look and you do never know and the other thing about it, sticking with it I would say it you know I've been sending songs and demos to record companies since I was 17 which is you know 40 years ago and I never really got anywhere until last year. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I can, you, can, you can try forever, but you'll only give up once, you know? I, oh, you know?
1: this is simply brilliant. I just love it. I love it. I, I love it. Is there something, I just go back to your profession, your senior counselor I mentioned there in the legal profession, because I do know a few codgers, legal codgers, who love music as well and are multi-talented at it. Is law boring?
4: No, not at all, no. As a subject, maybe it is, but it, the practice of law isn't. Yes. No, because you meet people all the time. That's what it's about.
1: It's about meeting people. Well, then let me go another. Is it in the DNA of people who are have a propensity to operate in the legal business that there's this music gene, perhaps?
4: No, I don't think so. No more than... You know, anything else th- exactly no yes. more, yeah, no yeah, more yeah. than if you took a random selection of painters do you know what I mean <laughs> decorators you'd find that yes, yes. a lot of them are in bands And yeah yeah, yeah, no. yeah
1: I know what you said it just happens that perhaps I know a few legal eagles more than others I, I haven't yeah. now I've, I wanted to sort that out in my head yeah. while you were yeah, here you know what I, I mean <laughs> tell me this about uh, this album as well just to drill a bit more into it um, the picture on the sleeve of you heading towards your local there which we have to tell people your favourite pub is Fagans in Manalvi.
4: Yeah, it is my... Who took that snap? That picture is taken by a guy called John Minahan and he is, he's he's a friend of mine now but uh, he's 76, 77 now and uh, he is a photographer who is Irish from a thigh and is best known for taking the photograph of Samuel Beckett in the cafeteria in 1985 in Paris and the other picture which every woman I have ever spoken to about him knows is of Princess Diana before she gets engaged. She's standing in the ground of a kindergarten with a kid on her hip and the sunlight coming through the skirt. He took that picture. He is he's an extraordinary he's the best photographer I think in the
1: twentieth century. And may I ask Beckett, Diana, you, how did the how did you come across him or I stood Samuel Beckett up in
4: 1986. You did not. Yeah, I mean, while he was writing about people waiting for Godot, he was waiting for me and I didn't turn (laughs) up. Um, But at least I wrote. Godot didn't write, but I wrote. (laughs) So I organised to meet him in Paris in 1986 and I wound up not going for reasons I don't really want to go into. But anyway, somebody else went instead. And anyway, so I wrote him a letter to say... I, just, I was in Paris and I wrote him a letter saying listen um, you don't know me but I'm in Paris for a couple of weeks do you fancy going for a pint and uh, we went away for a weekend came back and there was a note from him saying yeah I'll meet you on the 28th of July in this hotel the PLM hotel which I think is where the photograph taken by your man is taken. Um so anyway I didn't go to meet him but I got a couple of notes from him and and then anyway I wrote a story about not meeting Samuel beckett a short story and I emailed it to that guy John Minahan, about 10 years ago, saying, listen, while you were busy taking the photograph, I was busy not being there for it. And uh, he was fascinated by the story. He said, send it on to me. And we met and
1: we've been friendly ever since. Terrific. What a story that is. And and, and the links in life uh, that you've made there. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I love the picture. A picture speaks a thousand, thousand words and it certainly does on the album cover. Well, Who did the artwork on the front?
4: Uh, there's a guy, I go to uh, their house every Saturday morning for breakfast, John and Mairead Murphy, who live in Dunboyne, uh, and I've known them for about 30 years, and I was having breakfast there last September, October, and there was this postcard on the dresser, and I said, oh, that's fantastic, who did that, where'd you buy it, or where'd you get it, and uh, he said, oh, my daughter Roshan did it, Lolo, I call her Lolo, she calls me Coco, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, Uh, and I said that's incredible do you think there's any chance she let me use it as the cover of the album so she has brilliant
1: and the story in the cover and the stories alone are fascinating let's come back to the songs and the title of the songs and I've had a listen to this because I've had it thank you uh, for sending it to me uh, last week Um, what's your debut single what are you releasing from this to be the first single
4: the single from this is going to be Me and the Tin Man um, What's the
1: story of that song?
4: I had this idea for a, a song a couple of years ago, and I had written a parag- I had written a chorus, but I didn't have any melody for it. And the guy James Hampton, who's written the music for half of the songs on the album, was hassling me for a set of lyrics. And I thought, "Geez, I better go back through the old copybook see if I can root something out." And I found that. And the idea is that at Christmas time, I know you know it's, it's a well-worn kind of. Thing about saying people, you know, it's, you're very lonely at Christmas. If you're lonely, it's kind of heightened, and if you're happy, it's heightened. Mm. Uh, but my idea was that, you know, you could be at home and there could be fifty thousand people in your front room from all these movies that we see every Christmas, and yet you're kind of lonely. And so that's it's me and the Tin Man. So that's what it's about. It's the Tin Man from the Wizard, Wizard of, Oz. of Oz. Somebody else said to me, "Oh, the Tin Man. That's about that's about Carlsberg special brew, isn't it?" And the tins. I said, "Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, if you if you wanted to be about that, it's whatever you want it to be. You know." <laughs> like
1: you know. <laughs> no, I have to say I have a favourite on it. Yeah, and it's a strange one. Maybe you'll help me with this afternoon remedial massage.
4: Yes, that and that—that's a song that came about. I years ago I was walking up a street. I won't say where the street is, uh, but it's. This emporium, can I call it that, yep. was there, the afternoon... Is it in our capital city? Can you say that? I could say it. It, okay. it may well be You're in our capital city. not really pinpointing it yeah, then. Yeah, go yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. uh, and there was this emporium called the Afternoon Remedial Massage. And I was passing by and it wasn't immediately apparent from the livery or the neon lighting what ailments they remedied. But I wondered to myself, what is it that could only be remedied in the afternoon? And what type of ailment would they So I didn't anyway? But I thought it'd be a great title for a uh, for a song, and so I came up with that: the afternoon remedial massage.
1: It's brilliant, and it leaves a lot to the imagination. Whatever, whatever it is, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm sure it's all about board, and you know, (laughs) yes, of course, of course. And other titles like high heels in my handbag—they're different, like you know, you know—they're different. They're not atypical. Love song or whatever no. type of song titles it. No, all.
4: no. Well, I, I. Do you know? I somebody said to me years ago, everybody wants to be something else, and I thought, do you know, that is interesting. I've always wanted to be taken seriously as a songwriter, uh, but I'm never going to write yesterday or Hey Jude. You know, I mean, do you know? I mean? They're, hmm. do you know uh, and the songs that I have written, the mainstream songs, as I said to you, the, the closest I've ever got is close, but it's. But the stuff that I do that has got the best reaction from people, I wrote a song years ago, 30 years ago, it was on a TV program, it's called We Love Charlie McCreevy. And i got tons and tons of interest from people. And the quirky songs I've written, among the mainstream other stuff, Mm. they're the ones that have got the most attention from people. And Signs By, when I sent off a couple of songs to this label, I mean, they're they're a big comedy label, they're called Comedy Dynamics. 95% of the people on the label, uh, Jerry, are uh, stand-up comedy acts like... Dave Chappelle, uh, Kevin Hart, um, Bill Hicks. Big they're, names. They're, they are big names. Um, I have to say, I hadn't heard of either of them uh, before I sent away the the CD, but uh, the, uh, the songs. But they've started to sign musical acts uh, and I'm one of the few music kind of comedy people that they've signed. Uh, but they're great and they couldn't be nicer. They're a great label. They're super crack. They did everything they said they do on the tin when they said they do it and... Um, I'm going down on Friday to Connemara to shoot the video for the, uh, for, the, the for the single, yeah. Brilliant.
1: The reason I know the comedy boys I have a comedy slot on Late Lunch on Fridays and I featured the three guys you've mentioned. Okay. They're, they're simply brilliant. You know, okay. and I'm always looking for new comedy yeah. and that as well. Um, so... This album, w- w- how are you going to uh, push it out into the greater world?
4: Well, the the, al- the album will be out on Friday. So it's um. I did the search the other day on it now and it's starting to come up on record stores all over the United States. It'll be on, what do you call it, Scarify or whatever it is. Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, you don't ever get that mobile phone, yeah, you're yeah, all yeah. right. But, anyway,
4: it, but it'll, be on that. Uh, it'll be on that, it'll be on that, it'll be on... Deezer and but all these other the works, things the, exactly. it's going to be on the platforms exactly. so that's what we're
1: going to say exactly. um, who I, I've listened to you and I've had it as I said a number of days and I've been replaying it who do you remind me of has anyone ever said anything to you you have a canny resemblance and I can't put my finger on it okay. out to your style or who you are um, or are you just you no
4: but everybody wants to think that they're unique you know yeah. and you are from a tax point yeah. of view you know but yeah. uh, um, <laughs> a lot of people, some people have said to me it sounded a bit like um, Gilbert O'Sullivan years ago a lot of my songs would be that and that would be one of my, I'd listen to a lot of his stuff Bing! Is that the, who Bing, you think? Bing! 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 I couldn't just think Do you think maybe him? Yes Okay Yes yeah, but you—that's
1: no—that's no, that's no yes, bad thing. I think I he's do. a sensational songwriter. I do, and uh, of course, you love Mr. Elvis Presley yourself. I'm a big don't Elvis you? Presley you are a big Elvis Presley fan. I know that. I don't know I what do I'd do know. if anything
4: ever happened to him. <laughs> is he still alive? Of course he is. Yeah. <gasps>
1: God, we have to come back to that another day. If you have information on that and he's a legal eagle, well, we've got to talk to him about that down the road. Anyway, I have to say to you, congratulations on the album. Uh, It's a fantastic achievement and I wish you well with it. and The video and everything else that goes with it and the release. We're going to give it a first spin here on Late Lunch on LMFM Radio.
4: May I indulge myself? You can. Nobody else has played any of these songs anywhere in the world. At all. It's not out until Friday at all. Well, they just sent me the, the CD so you'll be the first
1: play of any song anywhere he'll probably send me uh, one of those letters from legal people because I'm not going to play the single no he's not going to I know he's not going to I want to play Afternoon Remedial Massage well, if after hearing
4: you speak I'm sure everybody wants to hear that <laughs>
1: don't you folks yes but, but, they do but the, for the moment Connor Bowman thank you for joining me thanks for having take me take care
4: Every time he goes outside it's raining So he wears
0: a hat inside the house He
4: knows there isn't any point complaining Every cat learns how to catch a mouse
0: second person he
4: encounters on the street gives him a card which he finds very hard to read is your
0: life just an illusion is your lover
1: Now your comments on late lunch this afternoon. Just getting back to them. I was talking a little earlier on in the show to our own Sarah Gilbert about the little sunflower program, and a lovely message there, Jerry. The little sunflower program sounds fab, and it should be in every school, as you say. I myself am, are in the uh, um, I myself am in the process of dealing with a fourteen-year-old with anxiety issues for the last four to five years. Perhaps if that program was in place earlier it wouldn't be so difficult for us now. And I—that that is the truth. It wouldn't. That programme is marvellous. And I thank you for your lovely comment to us today. And I wish you well. Uh, with your situation there Hope all works out for everybody uh, Good afternoon Jerry from Jim Jim And the gang in RD listening in Thanks indeed for getting in touch with us Jim Jim Back to uh, Paul O'Reilly And his energy saving What were those numbers to put the freezer at please Will he advise me to put the freezer at zero And the fridge at ten I'm way out of kilter, So freezer zero Your fridge at ten degrees What about the iron says Angela I did ask that The iron is okay because it's on and off In short bursts. This is one I can't answer, but I'll put it to him the next time I'm talking to him. What about the instant hot water taps, Jerry? I only got that after he was gone, uh, but uh, we'll find out. We'll be talking to Paul again. I'll hold that one back for him. Um, a message there coming in. I think it's from Fergal. Jerry, tell Arsenal to go easy tonight. Fergal. We'll be going hammering tongs against Aston Villa tonight. Let me assure you, we're going for five straight wins, top of the league. And incidentally, Conor Bowman, like myself, is an Errol Gunner, an Arsenal fan too. Sorry, Fergal. But I, uh, I won't say any more than that. I expect Arsenal to win. I do indeed. Late Lunch LMFM Radio, this time each afternoon. Are you ready?
0: The Late Lunch Artist of the Week.
1: Artist of the Week. Yes, Barry Manilow it is, and making his mark. I told you he was slow to make his mark on this side of the pond in Europe and the UK, but look, that happened anyway. And he performed, and he was the first artist to perform at Blenheim Palace. Where is Blenheim Palace? Well, of course, it's in the UK. It was once the home of the Churchill family to an audience of 40,000 outdoor, and he's always described it, as one of the most exciting nights of his life. Manolo's philanthropy was generous, did you know this? And he never forgot his own endeavours to break into the music industry, supporting bursaries and endowments to the music departments in six major universities in the USA, helping others make their way. Great to hear that. As the 80s moved on, album sales slowed and hit singles were few and far between. But demand for his back catalogue, recorded or live, continued strongly. He he covered many songs too including Frank Sinatra releasing an album called Manolo Sing Sinatra in 1998 shortly after the death of Old Blue Eyes For today's song, it's from his 1976 album This One's For You It was released in 77 and number one in the United States It's about lovers who are happy now but apart with different partners Here it is
0: Just the same as you did last time I touched you
1: Looks like you're baby. My artist of the week Barry Manilow and looks like we've made it almost to the end of Late Lunch but not quite today. Yes because after the break Shona Madden's with me and she's offering legal advice about remortgaging your home. We're talking about remortgaging your home from a legal perspective now on Late Lunch and I'm delighted to say hello again to Shona Madden from Madden Law. Hi Shona.
5: Hi, Jerry. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for joining me again. Now, most people are familiar if you buy a house or you're selling a house, the involvement of a solicitor. But what's the role of a solicitor in a remortgage? In a
5: remortgage, it's... Similar enough to a purchase, Um, but our starting point is really to get the deeds up from your current bank or soon-to-be old bank, review them, make sure the title deeds are in order, and then we um, have to meet the person who's going to remortgage, go through their loan offer. So our role in that regard is to make sure they can comply with all of the terms the loan offer so it can be drawn down. Then we draw down the mortgage. We draw down the new mortgage and we pay off the old mortgage and then we register the new mortgage in the Property Registration Authority. The old bank are going to take theirs off So then we'll have a new title deed that just shows new bank um, registered as the mortgage holder and then we deposit all the title deeds with the new bank. That's our role in the the remortgage process.
1: And an important role I have to say it is, can the uh, person or persons remortgaging do anything to help you people or make the legal process quicker and smoother?
5: I would always say to get the title deeds ordered from the bank as soon as possible. Like, it takes three or four weeks. Those deeds are in storage and um, by the time we send in a request. So what we don't want it to happen is that we're sitting here with a new loan offer and probably with a very good rate for somebody, but it can't be signed until we have the deeds. Um, and another thing I would say is most people... You know, they're remortgaging after owning a property for a very, very long time. So circumstances could have changed, and that could have implications for their title deeds. So what we would see a lot is that, you know, a person could have bought a house, and they're a single person. But things change, they get married, and then they're going to refinance, and they're married. And both people are borrowers. So therefore, both people have to be owners. So we have to get paperwork signed to do it, Just very simple and um, application to transfer ownership into joint names for the current remortgage. So getting things like that done at an early stage really does help. And other things that could change that really affects your title deeds and that might have to be updated again, because people are remortgaging probably, you know, maybe once every 10 years, things could have changed. As part of checking the title, we have to check that all the planning permissions are in order. So let's just say, from the uh, before somebody bought a house, they put a small extension on it. It was exempt from planning permission. In order for us to now remortgage that property, to give all the correct paperwork to the bank, even though it was exempt from planning, we still have to get that certified by an architect or engineer saying it was exempt. And you know that would take a couple of weeks as well. So I think getting the title deeds from the current bank as soon as possible. Because similar to like selling a house, some people don't want to go to the solicitor too early. So they're not sure if it's going to go ahead or not. Sometimes you might see that when people that are selling. You want to wait till they go sale agreed or the remortgage, and you want to wait until the loan offer is issued. But there could be a little bit of work, work to be done in the meantime that could delay the drawdown of the new money. So worth even having that Conversation, I suppose, and definitely getting the title deeds up. um, Maybe, maybe two months before you plan to remortgage.
1: When you mention two months, what is an average time frame from start to finish to complete a process of a remortgage in your uh, experience?
5: Well I suppose from the the time we get the loan offer, if we have the deeds here and everything is fine, I would say to people that we would do the drawdown, so we would have the new money drawn down from the new bank and the old bank paid off in about three weeks so for the drawdown that's probably what people are concerned about the time frame because when we draw down the mortgage that kind of locks in your interest rate so that's what you're concerned about and then for the remainder of the legal process then we have to register um this new mortgage with the land registry and that I would say in the land registry takes about three weeks and then we get the we deposit the Title deeds with the new bank a week after, so maybe about three or four weeks then for the registration mm. and getting the new, getting the deeds off to the new bank.
1: It's good to know because you often hear people say, "Oh my God, the wheels move so slowly." I'm sure you're well used to hearing this as well.
5: Yes, and especially at the minute, Jerry. Like the banks are very, very, very busy from every point of view. Like even getting the deeds in from the current bank. Like really, that is going to take you know three and four weeks three or four weeks it's not going to happen any quicker than that and so the earlier you can do that part of the process i think the better
1: now deeds you've mentioned many times there and the way the changes have to be uh, made to them or whatever uh, happens with the transaction when the mortgage is paid off where are the deals deeds held or where should they be held
5: the bank would have held on to them. You would have got a letter in the post to say your mortgage is paid and they would have held on to the deeds. But that's changing now and generally you'll get a letter to say your mortgage is paid. Here are your options to come and get them. So you can, you know, nominate your a solicitor for them to receive them. And um, you can nominate a branch and you can go in and collect them. Or they might send them out to you by registered post. And thereafter, like they're not as um not that they're not valuable, but they're not as um The original land cert is gone. So I'm more than happy for people to have their original title deeds at home in a safe place. Um, No absolute requirement to have them in a fireproof safe. You could lodge them with your solicitor either, but they'll pretty much be safe enough at home because the original title deed now is something you get from the land registry. You order it, it's it's posted out to you.
1: So it is there, uh, if anything untoward were to happen. Uh, You're working on wills, just to mention before we finish this week. And everyone who makes a will with you, it's 200 euro. All proceeds are going to the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre. There's still time. It happens up until this Saturday the 3rd. Shona, to contact you, make a will. Just remind us again.
5: You can call us here on the office. It's 041 980 or you can book an appointment online at maddenlaw.ie.
1: Perfect. I've enjoyed our chats the last few weeks and well done on supporting the, the Kelly Centre. It's a wonderful gesture and I wish you well with it. Great. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Shona. Take care of yourself. That's Shona Madden there, Madden Law. Everybody should have a will when you buy a house or own something significant. MaddenLaw.ie online or 041980.com. Treble 36. That's 041980 treble 36. And at the same time, you're supporting the Gary Kelly Cancer Sports Centre. That's a lot on late Lunch for today. Tomorrow on the show, doing the right thing to make a business more efficient, yet facing hindrance rather than help. We're talking about it. Poetry in motion, artists of the week, and more besides. I want to thank Lizzie Dorn for guiding me safely uh, the last couple of hours. Thanks indeed, Lizzie. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with the drive. We'll be back with the final. No, it's not the final. Sorry, <laughs> Tomorrow. I think it's a bank holiday week again. What am I like? This penultimate late lunch of the week, tomorrow, Thursday, from 1 30. Have a lovely evening. We'll leave you in the company of Mr. Niall Horan. LMFM
0: Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 087 660 40